Marketing Espresso, making marketing as enjoyable, energizing, and digestible as your morning coffee. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining another episode of Marketing Espresso. I said joining. I don't know. Is that the right word? You're listening to, listening to another episode. If you haven't yet, you know what to do. I actually was listening to a podcast myself yesterday that said like people tune out to the words they hear all the time. And I know for a fact that you guys would hear all the time if you're listening to podcasts, the whole subscribe, review, rate. Like, I guess there's another one. <laughs> so how do I uh, not let you guys tune out to that and actually make you do it? I'm hoping that this is the way because I've just highlighted that you tune out to those words because you hear them all the time. So don't tune out and do that thing where you go down and you're like, I love this podcast. Do that thing. Tell people. <laughs> It's a Tuesday, so obviously I have an awesome guest for you today. I'm pretty excited, not just because her name mirrors my own, um, but also because Beck Hughes and I just get along really damn well. I find that with most of my guests, so you probably say that. Um, Yeah, you know, I love all the people that I have on the potty, and Beck is no exception. She is a brand strategist and creative business coach. She loves clever creativity and is driven to improve, challenge, and invent and create amazing and sometimes unexpected outcomes. And she is a lover of coffee, hence why this podcast is perfect for her to appear. She also likes dark chocolate. She's obsessed with animal print and renovation shows and is a total dog lover. Just ask her chocolate lab, Frankie, which, okay, she's perfect for this show, right? Dogs, coffee, chocolate, all of the things. She has over 20 years experience in the creative industry and her mission is to close the gap between creative and business so designers and creators thrive without losing their sanity or their creative mojo. In short, she's your business growth consultant, brand strategist, cheerleader, mood lightener when it is needed, advocate, design mentor, and blue sky thinker. And she's here to help you raise the bar in your business. So I'll get into today's show. If you love it, reach out to me, tell me what you think. And of course, reach out to Beck, say hi. I'm sure she would love that. Beck. Beck. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. I know. I'm excited to have you on the podcast because we're, we're doing a little podcast swap menu and I love it. All I know. for it. Getting our you little. Know what cr- I ju- yeah. I just thought that. You know when people say I'm really happy to be here, but I'm actually just here in my normal office. I'm not anywhere different. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm there with you somehow, but we're not. I'm just yeah. happy to be here with my headphones on. I mean, I personally never thought about it on such a deep level, but you're not wrong, are you? I mean, Zoom has really changed the world, but actually it hasn't because there was Skype before Zoom and I feel like everyone forgot about Skype. What happened to Skype? That was my first because my family are in the UK. And when I first came here 20 years ago to Australia, Mm. it was Skype. Like we'd kind of chat on Skype. In fact, it probably wasn't Skype straight away. It was probably like good old fashioned on the phone. Yeah. We used to, yeah, we used to chat to dad's family on the phone back in the day. And then Skype. Yeah. Anyway, that's a nice little intro to today's episode. (laughs) Do you love a segue? I do love, we, yeah, we both love a segue. It's probably a bit problematic, isn't it? But that's okay. Yeah. It's good. It's entertaining because now everyone's going to be like, yeah, what did happen to Skype? And why didn't Skype shares double during the pandemic? <laughs> I want to know, like, send messages to Beck, not me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your name's also Beck, so it's very confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> Who Googles Skype after this to see if they're still going? Yeah, I want to know. I, I think that's still going because accidentally I occasionally hit some button on my computer that opens Skype and I'm like, what is happening? And I'm like, why are you even on my computer? And then I'm like, did I accidentally? Because, okay, so on my computer there is, this is such a tangent, on my computer there is an option to send photos via Skype. Oh, and occasionally I accidentally hit it. I'm like, who did I send a photo to? 
No one, because no one's using it. Hundred <laughs> percent, it's gone to like some abyss of the internet. Yeah. It's gone to Elon Musk's people. Skype graveyard. <laughs> Shit. All right. So today, being more serious, we are actually talking the consultant mindset, which is a very serious topic, Beck. So I'm, I'm excited. Take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I take. I do take things seriously. I think people don't think I take much seriously. And to be fair, I probably don't because I can make a joke out of almost anything. But I do take something seriously, I promise you. And, and this, this I'm going to. So okay. hit me. I've even just like changed my posture. Like I'm ready. A bit more upright. I'm, I'm ready. Hit me back. The, the, the consultant mindset, you've got to be careful how you say that actually. It's something for me that is a really big thing and it comes up in business all the time across the board. And it, I suppose it came up for me. I'll go back a little bit and talk about how. So... For me, I have reflected in being in my own business, but more importantly, then sharing with others in business as more of a mentor, so other creatives. Of course, when you start that journey of mentoring, you start to reflect on, well, what worked for me? How did I do this? How did I get to this point? And you probably don't reflect that much until you start, you get asked those questions or you ask yourself those questions. And one of the things that came up for me is, the kind of relationships I have with my clients and how I behave with my clients. And what does that look like? Because for me, I feel like that is probably one of the most influential factors in how I do business and how I've got to where I've got. Now, that makes it sound like I'm kind of doing like amazing things, but well, you, you are. Know, how I've got to this eight figure business, <laughs> nine figure business. <laughs> yeah, you know, just you know, that. But it's a really big thing. So, that was kind of where this started, me talking about the consultant mindset, because I really wanted to articulate and put some words around how that looked to me and how that worked. So that's the sort of, I suppose, the backstory to it. And for me, consultant mindset is all to do with how you see yourself in your business and how you behave in your business, particularly in the client relationship. So this is very much for service well, it's partly for service-based businesses, but I think this applies to anyone in business and how they hold themselves and therefore the results that they get because of it. And how it first came about for me in my career was when I was like junior burger designer. And very often when you work in a, anyone who works in an agency will know that you don't have, when you're quite junior, you don't have a lot of client contacts. They keep you like in a little box. <laughs> talk to anyone. It's like, have you ever watched the IT crowd? Yeah, I love yeah, the IT crowd. Like you're in the basement. <laughs> Basically, that's where you are. You're not allowed out of the basement. And so you never really get that experience of dealing with clients. And I think that's a, also a challenge for people going into their own business is not having had that experience of working with clients. But then one day I'd done some work and my boss was like, right, Becky, we're going to create, present this work today and you're presenting. And I was like, huh? What, what do you mean? I don't do the, do that bit. And so he essentially coached me through how I should behave in that meeting and how I should hold myself. And one of the big things that he talked about was when you go into that room, you're a consultant. You're not just there to go, here's the three options I did, pick one. You're there to lead mm-hmm. the client, to make strong recommendations. And there is an important part of how you behave and how you talk in that meeting that will make or break how they perceive you and how much they trust the work that you're putting in front of them. And so now, because everything with hindsight, right, I reflect on that little bit of mentoring that he gave me. And then through my time at that agency, he continued to do that in different ways. 
but really started me on that path of thinking about myself more as a consultant. Mm. So it's something that I've always done, but now it comes very naturally, but it was something I had to do very self-consciously back then. I love that because I think you're right. And it's the same like in your marketing too, right? Like bring it back to that. The way that you show up, whether you're like an order taker or you're in that position of actually I'm coming at this with authority and I'm coming at this with, you know, experience and expertise and all of those great things. It makes such a difference. And I remember the very first time I walked into a meeting as a consultant and I will never forget the shift, the power shift. And it is genuinely noticeable because you can go in there and be like, oh yeah, what do you want me to do? But when you, you walk in there and you're like, this is what, this is what I'm seeing and this is how I can help you. It's such a different dynamic. And I, you know, whether I think a lot of people don't actually talk about that from going from say, especially if you've been in a corporate role where you are, you know, even when you're at the top, you're still in a, in a way you're an order taker to other, a shareholder or to, you know, your CEO or whoever it is that you're reporting to. Yeah. You might have expertise and experience, but at the end of the day, you're still going to be an order taker in a, in a regard. But when you walk into a meeting or you have to show up in your marketing or however it is as a, a thought leader, it's just such a different dynamic. It's a completely different energy. And as you say, it, it impacts how you're perceived. And I think in service businesses in particular, we very easily slip into this kind of employee. I hear people talking about the employee mindset, right? Yeah. So we very quickly slip into that order taker or that employee kind of stance where it is absolutely all about essentially power. And I don't want it to sound like there's like a power struggle. It's not that. But there is a conversation to be had about where does this power lie? And I mean that in a positive sense. Mm. So who's leading the conversation? Who's being the expert? And who is making the recommendations? Who's being the authority in this? And when you go into a relationship with a client where they're paying you, for your knowledge, it doesn't make any sense that they, you then make them the expert and the authority. Yeah, yeah. But that's so often what happens though, isn't it? You, We say to a client, oh, here's here's my thought or here are the options. You decide. Yeah, what do and, you think? And you I've fallen into it. that. Like now that you say that, I like I actually, to be honest, I've had to notice in the past when I've fallen into that because it's like your client is so set in the way that they want it that even when you're like, no, that's not right, you don't speak up. And that automatically, it takes the fact that they're paying you as the expert away from you and you're you're letting that kind of shift happen when, you know, you should, if they're paying you to help their business, you have to step into that role, regardless of how set they are in something. And, you know, I once turned down a job because of that. Like I said to the guy, I said, oh, look, I don't think your strategy will work as CMO. I'm not willing to take on board that strategy. Would you be flexible with it? He was like, no. I was like, well, I can't work with you. And it should be the same, I guess as a consultant. If you don't agree with this, the the mindset and the way that they're, the direction they're headed, why would you want to work with them? They're not going to take on board your experience and your expertise and the fact that you, they're paying you to be the expert. Absolutely. And look, the right client, because I'm not saying all clients do think like this, mm, yeah. but the right client wants your expertise. That's why they're there. And it's only, in my experience, it's only when clients see you start to waver mm. or when they don't feel that you are being the authority or that you you stop leading them, that they try and step in and they try and take control. Mm. So in a weird kind of way, and like I said, I don't mean it to sound like it's a negative or it's 
you know, somehow a bit unusual, but it is a bit about a power balance and where does the power lie in the relationship? And all of that is still surrounded by being respectful, talking to each other and understanding and listening to each other's point of view. It doesn't, it's not taking away any of that important part of the relationship, you know, being kind, being responsive, being a good service provider. It's not about not being those things, Mm. but it's about when it comes to the conversation about the service you're delivering, who's leading that and who's driving it and who's making the informed strategic recommendations. Because if it's the client, then why did they come to you in the first place? (laughs) Yeah, if they already think that they have the knowledge and the experience, why the hell would they pay you? (laughs) Exactly right. And I think that's an important premise of, you know, because very often people say, okay, so what does that consultant mindset look like in practice? Or, you know, what informs that? I think what does inform that is primarily understanding and accepting that the client doesn't have all the answers. They don't always know what's right. Yeah, they might know their industry really well and they might know their audience really, really well. But I think the consultant mindset has an understanding that that client perspective is overlaid by other nuances, their past experiences, their mindset, their fears, what they think or the stories that they think are true about their industry or true about their audience. So Every single perspective on something is nuanced. And it's about understanding that in that client service provider relationship, the client isn't necessarily the unmitigated authority, that Mm. even their perspective is going to be nuanced. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Because I I mean, my client, a lot of my clients make it easy for me because they'll sit down and be like, well, you're the expert. Like you tell me. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) And they're the dream clients. But yeah, (laughs) you know, some clients start like that, but they don't end like that. And like I said, <laughs> yeah, that can be because they start to lose confidence in you because yeah. your consultant sort of persona has wavered at mm, some point. Yeah. So they start to lose confidence or they start to, you know, people naturally want to be in control. So people yeah. start pulling back control where they can, mm-hmm. start trying to dictate the timeline, start trying to dictate the outcome. So very, so clients can start out like that, but not end out, end up like that. <laughs> But not all clients have that stance of you're the expert, I will I will give it up to you. Yeah. So I think, okay, if I'm in my my business at the moment, say what is what is one way that I can ensure that in all my I get all my dealings, all like my marketing, my my conversations, my sales, all of that, how is one way to pick up when you're not in that consultant mindset and how do we shift ourselves back into it? Like, because I know I'm sure for a lot of people there would be imposter syndrome that comes up or comparisonitis or so what are the ways that we shift ourselves into this consultant mindset? Look, I think it's such a good question. And I think there are a number of things. The first one is I think in tone of voice. When you maybe scrutinize your tone of voice, is it passive or is it authoritative? And that again, it doesn't mean it's an aggressive tone of voice. It just means that that you're saying something with conviction and confidence. Mm. And you can still overlay that with your fun tone of voice and you can be jovial with it. It doesn't mean that's a serious, what I call BBC newsreader tone of voice. (laughs) But it is just looking at what does that tone look like? And I'll give you an example of something quite recently. So one of my clients was communicating with a third party and they were really struggling to get a response from them. So someone they were in an affiliation with. And they shared an email with me. And part of that email was, you know, so do you want me to X, Y, Z? They were asking a question. 
and it was that line was part of a long email, but that was the line I zeroed in on because I'm like, what does that sound like? Does that sound like an employee saying to their boss, oh, do you want me to go and finish that report or shall I call that client back? There's a tone in that that is quite passive that's Mm -hmm. asking for direction rather than coming at it with, this is my position, this is what I think, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I need from you. Mm. So that's just a shift. But that then plays out, for example, in your marketing. How much authority, how much belief do you, are you packing behind what you're saying? Or are you being apologetic? Are you holding back? And I think very often, if you feel like you're, oh, I don't want to really go there and say that completely because... Nah, say it. <laughs> exactly. Because it's, it's if you think it might offend someone, then it's probably a really good message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, we're not trying to keep everyone happy either because your ideal clients aren't the people that are offended by you. Like, obviously you don't say things that are like blatantly offensive, but if you have a point of view or an opinion, state it. And your point of view and opinion, not just pulling out of nowhere, you're pulling it out of potentially like you've done your research and you know, you know, that like generally I'm very opinionated. And interestingly enough, I've become very opinionated probably only the past year, but you know, like a lot of people have reached out to me and been like, absolutely love the new content. Like love the fact that you're saying it the way that it is. I feel so much less overwhelmed after listening to that or, you know, whatever it is. But in doing that, you're actually, you know, you are having that conviction. And it's not saying that you're not willing to be, you know, when I have client conversations, I'm like, hey guys, I think I know that we should do this. Tell me your thoughts on it. And, you know, like, let's go from there and like build that, like, I'll put my recommendation in there's still two-way conversation about it. Like, it's not like my way or the highway. I'm not saying to you, hey, this is what we're doing. I don't give a shit what you want for your brand. It's, this is what I recommend. Let's have a chat about that. And why I've, let's have a conversation about why I'm recommending it, about why I suggest we go down this path. May not work. (laughs) Like, you know, we've got to do that trial and error. But having that open conversation, but still you come at it with not the, not the I'm seeking permission, that this is what I'm recommending. Absolutely. And having that stance of recommending and authority, and that's what's happening there, is people are responding to your position of authority Mm. because they're enjoying it because it gives them a sense of comfort that they can rely on what you're saying. Yeah. Because that's ultimately, when people are left floundering and they're like, well, if you're not confident, I'm not confident, that's when it all does start to fall over. Yeah. And I think the other thing with consultant mindset, maybe a red flag, is when decision-making in a process starts to to become subjective. So again, coming at it from the creative industry point of view, when clients start to go, oh, but I don't like pink. Or when you might hear a client say, oh, but I don't want to do Instagram because I just, I don't like it. It, There's no strategic grounding for that decision-making. And that's when there's a red flag because as a consultant, you should be leading decision-making from a strategic standpoint. Mm. So it's not, do you like pink? It's not, do you like Instagram? It's like, is this good for your business from a strategic point of view? And that's the place the consultant occupies. Yeah. And like, look, like when people say to me, oh, I don't want to do this because I just hate doing video. Like, for example, I get that a lot. Like, oh, I don't want to do video. I'm like, well, we got to show up for your business somehow. How's that going to look for you? Because I'm happy for you to to not do video at the end of the day. Like, you know, we can still get growth without video. Like just giving this as an example. But like you lead that conversation of, cool, hear you, hear your preference, but here's why you being part of your business is important. Let's navigate how that's got to look. And like with pink, like, okay, cool, hear you, hate pink, uh, but your client loves pink. Yeah. So suck it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And pink is going to say, 
if this is how you want to be perceived in the market, pink is going to say all of those right things or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming back to the strategic standpoint and being, again, the clear thinker, the objective thinker on that. Yeah. Because your client will get caught up in emotion. They will Boy. start to, those nuances of, oh, but it didn't work in the past. Oh, but I don't want to do that. Oh, but what if someone judges me? All those things will come up. And as the consultant, if you're occupying that objective space for your client mm. and always pulling them back to that, oh, but this is what we're trying to achieve. Oh, but this is the strategy then again, that's where you're being the leader. Mm. You're not letting the client's subjectivity derail the process, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then I think another thing linked to that is to say that you don't have to take the first answer as the right answer. Mm. And I think this is a big thing in, in, in the feedback loop. So very often, if we're in an order taker mindset or a producer mindset, we do something, here you go, client, they come back with feedback, we action feedback. That's kind of how it works. But I think what's really powerful when you step into more of that consultant mindset is that you see yourself or you see your job as being to challenge that feedback. Because again, it's nuanced. It might be coming from a client's position of, oh, I don't want to go that far. Oh, that seems scary. Or it's just a subjective, I don't like pink. So a consultant will challenge feedback. And seeing yourself as having permission to challenge feedback or challenge, you know, very often when we're in a service industry, we might start a process with a questionnaire where we gather information from a client. Mm. But that information isn't the end of the process. It's then the consultant's job to dig deeper into that information, challenge it further, get clarification, ask why. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is not accepting what the client says as read. And I don't mean that as saying disregard what your client is saying, but understanding that there will be gaps and there will be nuances, but also being curious and being questioning. And again, I think that's a big difference between a consultant mindset and a that employee or that you know service provider mindset is you don't necessarily question things. Yeah. You're not curious. You just take the instruction and you act on it. Yeah, I love that. So what's one tip that you can give anyone that's struggling with this? Like what's the what's the one thing that someone that's Listening to this is like, oh my God, yes, I have been order taking and I hate it. And that's why I'm not loving my job so much right now or not loving my business right now. What's one tip that someone could kind of implement today and move forward as a consultant in the in their mindset? Look, I think it comes down to how you behave and the energy that you bring to a conversation. I think that's a big part of it. So I always say that you've got to gear yourself up to a conversation. So if you're going into a conversation with a client or you're going into a Zoom discussion where you might be discussing feedback. I think that very often we sort of go into that going, oh, where's it going to go? Where's the client going to take this? What are they get? What feedback are they going to give me? Or, you know, I'm going to pres- I'm just going to talk through this work and I'll see what they think. So having some doing some prep, I think is really important. And part of that prep is just taking a moment to what is the energy I'm going to bring to this meeting? What am I going to recommend? What is the stance I'm going to take? How am I going to maintain a questioning mindset in this? Just really preparing yourself for how that discussion is going to go and being intentional about the energy you bring to it. Mm. I think that's a big thing. When we just go into something passively, we haven't set our intention, that's where it can start to run away. So I think making a decision about, this is how I see myself. I'm a consultant and this is how I'm going to behave which is, was exactly the advice that my boss gave me all those years ago. 
where he was just saying, be intentional and be conscious about how you behave in this meeting. Be willing to recommend, be willing to ask questions. Take take that stance of explaining why. When you go back to explaining to your client why in a meeting, I think it's really important or in, in any communication. Yeah. So for me, it's about the energy. It's being intentional about that energy and understanding what that consultant energy looks like and embracing it and, and being mindful of it. Yeah, I love that. Great advice. Thanks, mm-hmm. Beth. The Sorry. other thing that I would yeah. mention as well is the boundaries. Boundaries is a big part of it. Yes. So if you're struggling with it, there's a very good chance that your boundaries are bendy. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast episode, yeah. that bad boy. <laughs> but yes, boundaries, baby. They're so yeah. important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Beck. That has been super helpful. Really very thought-provoking, actually. You've made me rethink about a lot of interactions I've had. And and just, I think, you know, it does, in across everything in your business, it's so important to come at it from the authority, you know, your authorities. Like it's, you're there for a reason. You're the expert for a reason. So I love that. Where can people find you? You can find me at Beck Hughes Branding mm-hmm. across the board. <laughs> no, I not really. That. I'm always on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook too, but is anyone, I don't know, is anyone using Facebook? I'm well, sure. <laughs> well, I've got a little podcast episode on that bad boy. Okay, well, I'll look forward to that. Meanwhile, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding or my website, nice and easy, beckhughes.com. Awesome. Love that. Thanks, Beck. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure you'll be back. Thank you. You're so welcome. Hi, Beck here, just dropping in to say that if you are struggling with your marketing planning, I have got the solution just for you. I have recently launched my marketing planner to the world and I am offering it to you at a 5% discount for listening to the potty. You can see what's in the planner and how it's going to change your life simply by visiting my website, beckchapel.com.au and heading to the resources section. When you're ready to check out, chuck in potty VIP and you'll get your 5% discount. Thanks for listening and I hope that it changes your life.